This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome everybody. The Tuesday edition of Talkback is underway. And Talkback is brought to you this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, where they have authentic New York bagels and pastries all the way from Little Italy, which is in New York City, in case you didn't know. They can be found right here in Missoula at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, located on North Reserve. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Hey, the holidays, you got your parties for your business and your home. Why not get your home or business sparkling clean uh, with Phillips Janitorial? They offer residential and commercial cleaning, and no job is too big or small. Uh, get a free estimate and book your cleaning at 260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, here we are. It's TalkBack, and uh, that's Nick Christensen standing right over there. Good morning, good morning. Right, what, what does your hat say? The Missoula Mo Club. Oh, yeah, Mo Club. The Mo Club. <laughs> Warm beer and cold burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been there. Anyway, welcome, everybody. Glad to have you along on TalkBack. It is Open phones for at least the first half hour. Uh, we are scheduled to have with us at nine, Elsie Arnson, the uh, superintendent of public instruction for the state of Montana. She's actually going to be visiting Stevensville uh, later on this afternoon for a special get together with uh, teachers, parents and all sorts of folks over there in the Bitterroot. So but she's uh, kindly uh, agreed to come on the show starting at nine o'clock, well, half an hour or so, we hope. Uh, let's uh, get right to, actually, let's get right to the phones. We have people waiting. Uh, it's open phone, so I understand Dave is first. Good morning, Dave. Yes, good morning. First of all, I want to say that up front that I'm not a, a religious expert, so, but I am curious, you know, Candy called in yesterday and raised an interesting question with me. Uh, she said, it, she said basically that, uh, uh, having two wives or two husbands uh, is a sin, and, and no. she implied yeah. it should. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go it, ahead. Sh- it should be a crime. Um, she didn't say that specifically, but she implied it. Uh, it raises a question to me about when is a sin a crime? You know, uh, in some religions, uh, eating uh, pig meat is a crime. Right. In other religions, uh, killing a cow as a, as a sin, I should say, is sin. Well, this, this, killing this, a cow. This, this is why we have a difference between civil and religious authorities. Uh, if you place yourself under a religious authority and, and they and, and you choose to live under that authority, then it would be a sin, if you will, to do a certain thing. But if, since we all live in our community and we're governed by civil laws, uh, those are the ones that uh, take precedent, at least on a day-to-day basis. Right, but there are many religious people who believe that you know sins should become crimes. You know, like, like. Uh, well, mur- uh, mur- mur- murder is a sin. It's also a crime, right? Right. Yes, okay. exactly. Uh, okay. But uh, you know, some one religion believes that not covering your hair is a sin, but it's also a crime. And there are a lot of people in, in the United States who believe that we should go. We should have that kind of thing that. Um, uh, if it's a sin, it should be a crime, and it's some. There's some. What determines what is a sin and what is a crime, and that that's a discussion that I'm. A lot of people are, are that me included are struggling with. Well, I I don't know what to tell you. I uh, uh, you know we 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 exist in, in a civil uh, society, 
And so we need to obey the laws. Uh, It's up to your own heart and your own conscience. If you would like to follow God's law, uh, man's law, uh, hey, uh, you know, I, there, there are consequences for, for both if you don't follow them. Uh, but right. it's, it's up to you to face those consequences. Our founding fathers decided to separate them. Right. Separation of church and state, exactly. Right, yeah. but there are people who oppose that, who want right. to go, would rather, they say, you know, Christians... Christians, if, if everyone is a Christian, it would solve all our problems, or at least most of them. And uh, we, should, we should go to that level. And I just, it's curious. I'm just curious how that's going to work. Well, if everybody behaved like Christ, then I think we wouldn't have any problems. But uh, they don't. Right. Okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, good, and good luck with that, by the way. Right. Uh, but there are, you know, a lot of people, I mean, how do you get there? No, I... I've known a lot of Christians, and I've really only known one person who I consider a disciple of Christ, who okay. really tried tried to believe, run his life like Christ was. Right. And uh, it's and you obviously have respect for this person. Right, I, I do. That's he, great. He, he was a great person, but uh, he also died a horribly painful death. So I'm mean, being okay. a disciple right. of Christ doesn't guarantee anything. <laughs> okay. All right, Dave. Thanks for mixing it up. Uh, sure. Appreciate it. Uh, there you go. Nice way to start the day. And Harry's up next. Good morning, Harry. You're on Talkback. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. First of all, just a uh, happy holidays to yeah. y'all. Same uh, to you. Since this is probably the last last uh, uh, open line. But anyway, uh, to carry on with the religious converse, uh, theme. Uh, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, you should be shipping these uh, homeless people out, and, you know, they sh- we shouldn't be giving them stuff. But didn't uh, Jesus say, uh, if someone asks for your shirt, give them your jacket also? And also, didn't uh, Jesus say, what you do to the le- least of these you do to me? And he's talk- he's- he listed off, like, prisoners and other things. So these are people who have mm-hmm. done something because a person doesn't put in prison for no reason. So... You know, you do what you do for the least of these you do for me. So I, uh, I'm sure these people who say, well, we should ship these, the homeless out, uh, they would be declare themselves good Christians, but are they acting like a good Christian? That's why I want to know. Well, and, uh, what, how, say, how, how do you define, quote, a good Christian, end quote? Someone who follows, uh, someone who follows the teachings of, of Christ, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I would think so. That's the, since that's the and 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 and, and because and because if you know anything about the the doctrine of original sin, we're all sinners. We fail to live up right. to that, right? And so uh, right. we do yeah. the best we can, and and that w- what we can't do, we ask forgiveness for. Right. Yeah. It, it just but you know, if you claim to follow the Christ, at least you should try to, try to you know, and, and uh, not be quite so selfish. Uh, Oh, they. I, I know there's a, a popular uh, thing that was that Paul said that you know if you don't work you don't eat, but that that kind of overrides what Jesus said. Who said you know just ask you, know, you shall receive type thing. <laughs> but, uh, I I, well, I, I mean, love it when we know, have that, amateur theologians on the air. It's great. Well, I mean, but... <laughs> is there is there such a thing right. as a professional theologian? No, absolutely, there are. You bet. I mean, you, there are people uh, who spend their whole lives studying theology. And, you know, yeah, they, and they all argue, and they, none of them can agree on right. any of it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, yeah, guess what? So. We're all we're all human beings, Harry. Yeah, and then also the the, the ladies who call in and preach the Bible. I think they should look at Timothy two, was it eleven and twelve? <laughs> A woman should keep silence. Right? Is that it? <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And, and they say, well, that's in church. And, oh, and my goodness. Say, that's in church. But if, Harry, if, Harry, you know what? If you look back. Yeah, thank, thank, thanks for the call. We're, 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 we're done. We're done with this. Thanks for the call. We're, we're up against a break. Seven two, we're not going anywhere with this. We're just slamming each other up against the wall. We're going to come right back. Uh, who's up next? Uh, uh, we Len, have Len and, and Joe. Joe. Len and Joe. <laughs> thanks, Len and Joe. Uh, we're going to come right back with you guys and more of Open Phones right after this. Tax refund advance loans. At- Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. He sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. For many military veteran caregivers, their caregiving journey starts earlier in life and lasts longer. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veterans guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And we are back on Talk Back. It's open phone. 721-1290 is the number. Len has been waiting the longest. Len, good morning. What's up? Good morning. I, I'm not very religious, but I've studied history a lot. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Civil War. Stonewall Jackson, he prayed his head off before he went into battle. Right. The Union generals did the same thing, and then they went in there and killed thousands of each other. That's right. And religion was not the answer to that. Religion didn't stop that war. It was stopped by a general that went in there and killed more people than the, the other side did. So... I don't know. I guess you got to figure out how, which side you take on that. But I've always used that as an example. And Stonewall Jackson wound up losing his life by being killed by somebody on his own side. Okay. All right, Len. Thanks for the call. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, lots of topics coming in this morning. Uh, Joe's up next. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for holding. You're on Talkback. Please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, you guys know who James Baker is. The former chief counsel for the FBI. Yes, yes. And he, he was uh, he was the guy that Sussman, he was good friends with Sussman, by the way, but he um, started them, got the Pfizer warrant approved, and, not, and then he went into uh, to Twitter as their head counsel, and of course he just got fired. Right. But, you know, it's interesting because I know Dave talks about, uh, you know, a Mussolini or, a, you know, following leaders, and I think I know where he's going with that, but um, you got James Clyburn using the word Nazi. But you look at uh, what Hitler said. He said that something had to be done to stop the spread of misinformation. And that's what the FBI has been doing. So I look at a photo of Jim Baker, and does he look like a Nazi? I have I mean, no idea. Like I, I, I have no idea what he you looks what I mean? like. I've never seen his photo. What do they look like? No, he's a nice-looking guy. He okay. looks like somebody you'd see at church or something. You okay, know? whatever. But, uh, um, so uh, the the another appearance thing is this merchant of death guy. Take a look at his photo. He looks like Stalin, <laughs> in my opinion. He's, okay. he's got the mustache. Okay, All right. you know, I mean, it's just you know, just my opinion, and. Uh, so I think we're in serious times because of what the FBI has been doing. And it's uh, it's interesting that it's not none of the, uh, the well, media. The, 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 the FBI, if, if, you, if you note what the acronym stands for, it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Their job is to investigate crime and to bring people to justice, right, through the Department of Justice. It's not, it's not the FBI's job to uh, be the arbiter of of truth when it comes to what people say. It's not their job. 
but they That's have, right. but, but, anyway, but they, have, they have gone far beyond what their original, you know, mandate was into areas where they, you know, angels fear to tread, so to speak. You know, I hear people say that's a violation of the First Amendment, but I don't know if there's any uh, criminal penalty associated when you violate the First Amendment. It's just kind of a funny statement. Well, because- it's it's sad that such such a, a wonderful organization that had a great history, you know, I mean, of course, uh, 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 of law enforcement uh, uh, has gone basically off the rails. And I'm not sure how they're going to bring it back on. I, I really don't. You know, and the definition of fraud has many different uh, categories, and one of them is by omission. So if you sell your car and you know there's a problem with it and you don't tell them, that's fraud by omission. But so the media is committing fraud by omission. It's just, it's a sad thing because the First Amendment is so precious. I agree. All right. Well, thanks for your call. And thanks for for taking part in the First Amendment. That's what Open Phones is all about. Uh, Let's see. Who's up next? This is Walt. Walt, good morning. Thanks for holding, sir. What's up? Oh, great. Great. Good morning, everybody. Um, Just some food for thought because this is tied in. My comment is tied in with uh, uh, James Baker, but only to the extent of Elon Musk. For anybody who has read uh, Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged, uh, there was a hero in there, and that hero was named uh, uh, John Galt. So the first two-thirds of the book talked about who is John Galt. And uh, I wonder if Elon Musk is related to John Galt or if he is not the modern-day John Galt. He certainly is mixing it up, uh, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, But he's also, in in those days, we had a totalitarian state, and the previous caller was alluding to that because of the FBI and the shenanigans they're pulling and putting their thumb on the scales of elections, and they've been doing it for two or three election cycles now. Uh, That's not the purpose of government, is to get involved with the election process. So, anyway, I thought, uh, I I think... uh, Mr. Musk is is doing a doing us a favor by getting all this uh, sunshine out there so that we see what's going on. I would have to agree with that, sir. Hey, thank you. All right, Walt, you have a great day, sir. Thanks so much. Appreciate you too. it. All right, um, let's see. We do have time to get Mr. Wingnut on the line before we take our break. Mr. Nutt, good morning. You're on Talkback. Please go ahead, sir. Well, good morning. Amateur theologian here. Yeah. and <laughs> You and me both, pal. <laughs> yes. And as near as I can read, that each one of us individually will have, will have the opportunity to give account before God. That's correct. And it's not based on what somebody else does. It'll be between God and ourselves. And that's why some of us recognize our need for a Savior. And, and even beyond that is we value the relationship that we can have with the living God. That's my take on it. I think that's very well said. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. We're going to come right back. Uh, we do have, I think, Jeff waiting to visit with us. We're going to come right back, open phones for the next 10 minutes or so. And then Elsie Arnson, our superintendent of public instruction, is going to be joining us here in the studio. She's already here in the ready room. We call it... Is it the green room? It's the couch. The green room. (laughs) We're going to come right back with more in just a moment. It's all in the details. 
Every weekend, Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate presents Missoula Real Estate Today on News Talk KGVO. Diane and her guests provide interesting information about the local housing market, along with industry-related topics and trends. Missoula Real Estate Today, presented by Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate, Saturday mornings from 8 till 8.30, and again Sunday mornings from 10.30 till 11 on News Talk KGVO, FM 98.3 and AM 1290. Okay, we are back. This is Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. And uh, Jeff is waiting to visit with us. Jeff, thanks for holding, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Uh, I think it was uh, that great theologian Oscar Wilde (laughs) who said uh, that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Um, And uh, I read something years ago by uh, the... uh, Theologian Erasmus, that was right around the time of the Protestant Reformation, that it, it talked about theologians. It, says, might, it might be wiser for me to avoid Camarina and say nothing of theologians. They are a proud, susceptible race. They will smother me under 600 dogmas. They will call me heretic and bring thunderbolts out of their arsenals, where they keep whole magazines of them for their enemies. Still, they are folly servants, though they disown their mistress. They live in the third heaven, adoring their own persons and disdaining the poor crawlers upon earth. They are surrounded with a bodyguard of definitions, conclusions, corollaries, propositions explicit and propositions implicit. They will tell you how the world was created. They will show you the crack where sin crept in and corrupted mankind. Um, you know, he, he had no, no use for theologians. So, um, and as to, the talk about you know which side is God on in a war. Um, it's uh, I believe it was the SS in Nazi Germany that had got mit uns on their belt buckles. God is with us. So I, God is on God is on the side of each human being, and uh, to try to use God to justify war is, in my mind, a profanity about God. It's uh, there are just wars. I mean, sometimes you have to go to war in order to prevent a greater evil, but uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, there never was a good war or a bad peace. Yeah, do, you, do, you, do you think, just real quickly, do you think the Civil War, the war between the states, was a just war? Um, I, I'm not a study, a student of it, so I can't, I don't think it was avoidable. Right. Um, I don't know how just it was. If it's unavoidable, um, if you're going to go to war, go to win. I mean, I, you know, that was one of the things that distinguished military people from their civilian leadership. In my experience is that the military understood the cost. And so um, I don't want to go to war unless we're going to win, whereas uh, politicians tend to see it as just an, just an extension of diplomacy by other means. And yeah. that, that has gotten us into more trouble. I mean, look at what happened in the Middle East with that Afghanistan and everywhere. You got it. All right. Hey, Jeff, always uh, appreciate your words of, words of wisdom, sir. Thanks for calling. Well, they're not mine. I borrow them. Well, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. And all right. So we have exactly three minutes left in open phone. So, Nick, what's going on in your world? Your <laughs> giants, uh, are, are, are they going to get better? Or man, what? you're bringing this up too much. I know. <laughs> Uh, well, I miss seeing you. That, that giant uh, sweatshirt is bright, so attractive. Bright I mean, blue, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They uh, they got they're playing Sunday night for uh, for pretty much their entire season. So wow. So we'll see how no Sunday pressure, night goes. no pressure yeah, there, no, right? No pressure there. We'll, okay, we'll see. All right. But uh, I was gonna say, if no one calls, just for anyone that maybe missed when we brought this up last week, Peter and I are taking some time off this month, and it's coming up quick. So. This Friday, we will not have Talkback because Peter is off. I'll be gone. So no no Talkback this Friday. And then we will have Talkback again starting Monday next week, the 19th. But that will be the last day of Talkback through the rest of the year. So starting on the 20th, we will not have Talkback until January 3rd, which is that Tuesday. So don't be alarmed. We'll be playing uh, Armstrong and Getty. But as we've said uh, multiple times, Peter and I, have time off built up and if we don't use it now we lose it because it resets right. at the new year and right. so right. we got to take the time so just for those of you that maybe didn't hear that before now you know well uh, uh j- just so you know just how how uh dedicated yours truly is <laughs> that on my days off oh okay, yeah i will be scratching at the door of the front door of the studio <laughs> saying, please let me in. And they'll say, no, no, you're on vacation, you evil man. Go away. For those that don't know also, <laughs> Peter, on his day off on Friday, wrote two news stories. So <laughs> Peter does not actually take time off. Uh, I'll be curious how many he has stashed in the bank during that well, two-week stretch. Let's, let, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, I have to prepare something for my first day back right, right, right. after the new year. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... They have to do that stuff. <laughs> anyway. Well, listen, we, we are uh, going to be wrapping up this particular half hour here in just a second. And when we come back after the top of the hour, Elsie Arnson is going to be joining us. She is the superintendent, and she puts the super and superintendent of uh, public instruction for the state of Montana. She's having, uh, we're, we're finding out about these uh, meetings between parents and school districts and her office uh, to talk about better ways of communication, things like that. So she'll be here taking your phone calls and questions as well uh, when we come back after the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us here on Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number, by the way, 1-800-568-5309. You can also reach us uh, by uh, by using the app, the KGV app. Hit the Message Us button. More than happy then to uh, relay your question to our guests. So we'll take our break and come right back. Meet Ingrid. Fiery spirit, carrying grandma, proud trucker. I've logged more than 4 million miles in my truck. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. I was driving outside of Ohio when a gentleman stopped suddenly in front of me. But it takes my 80,000-pound truck 200 yards to stop. I'd given myself extra room, but it's not a chance worth taking. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. With relief. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of Talkback, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer residential and commercial cleaning, especially for the holidays. No job is too big or small for Phillips Janitorial. Uh, call them uh, to book your job at 260-6617. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. You're invited to come on by for all your New York favorites like lox, New York cheesecake, and cannolis, much more. They have those luscious bagel sandwiches as well. Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery located on North Reserve. 
The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks for the open phones. So we are now shifting gears because we have the Honorable Elsie Arnson joining us this morning. She is the Superintendent of Public Instruction for the State of Montana. Welcome. It's finally good to have you back in, in studio. It's good to be in person, and it's good to be in Missoula County. Um, I'm honored, and I thank you for saying honorable. You know, I'm one of the five top elected constitutional officers, and I appreciate that. So I'm on a conversation tour, uh, bringing a bridge with school and with families and parents. And we were in Kalispell last night, had a great crew of over uh, 50 people, and they were diverse. We had a great, respectful conversation school trustees we had teachers there and teachers of generation brand new teacher teaching Mm -hmm. high school science as well as someone who's been american history teacher and teacher of the year a big shout out in 2007 for teacher of the year in whitefish american history teacher and we had a lot of um community members that don't necessarily have a student that goes to public school but their taxes pay for that so this entire discussion is to make sure that our policymakers, our legislators, recognize that local control is the heart of public education. So these community discussions are for them to recognize how we can build a better system of public education with children at the center. All right, let's let's talk about some of the things that uh, you and I were talking about uh, off uh, offline just a few minutes ago. And uh, that includes uh, the, the fact that so many of our parents really don't know what happens within their own school districts, right? And it's important for them to know because, after all, these are our children uh, that, that are sitting there for five, six, seven hours a day. And it's, it's helpful to know exactly what they're being taught. So what can you share about that as far as, far as curriculum goes? There have been all sorts of controversies about this curriculum and that curriculum, you know, a, a sexual gender, identity, all that stuff. Whatever happened to reading, writing, arithmetic, and history, and social studies, and all that? So uh, go ahead. Floor is yours. Thank you so much, Peter. You know, uh, everybody that's out there listening remembers their favorite teacher. And I bet they don't necessarily remember that math lesson or that reading lesson, but they do remember their favorite teacher. So we want to focus on that teacher in basics. Let's talk about math, reading, and science. Our, our scores right now, we're holding what we can nationally, but they have been trending down. And yes, we had a pandemic, a global pandemic, but it also recognized the traditional model of education is where we need to go, but in a future mode, how we deliver education, how we train our teachers in that virtual model can be there. But the basics of math, reading, and science cannot be ignored. And the time we have as teachers with our students and these precious children that um, are not uh, government children, they are parental children, and they have rights, these parents have rights, we want to make sure that that is where the focus of education can be. So again, it's a partnership. You know, when voting was taken out of our public schools, we used to have all kinds of voters that would come in on election day or the primary, and they would see the hallway. They'd see the children. They'd get, you know, the feel of the climate of the school. Well, that's now all been changed, and we go to different ways. We vote from our kitchen table, right? right? right. We also have had multiple tragedies across our nation, 
And we want to make sure that school safety is number one. We need a safe learning environment for staff as well as for our precious children. But the doors are locked. And even for parents to get into the building, it's challenging. So, you know, we have tough times to navigate, but the buildings are public buildings. They're government buildings. And, and they paid should, for by our taxes. And they have uh, the ability for public access. So we have to be careful and cautious with security. But we need our Montanans back in our public schools. They need to recognize our we, schools. How do we do that? Now, now uh, if, uh, my, my kids are grown and gone, and uh, Nick hasn't had children yet. So um, my, uh, my, my question is, if, if I were a parent, all right, and uh, let's say I got a couple of days off or whatever, and I would like to come uh, 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 witness my child, maybe sit in the classroom with them, see what's going on, not in, a, in, a, in an adversarial sense, but just to, to learn what my child's average day is like, would I be allowed to do that? In some of our 400 plus school districts, the answer is yes. And you'd be welcomed in, not just welcomed in with your checkbook <laughs> to pay for that, you know, to pay for whatever the school's needs are right. outside of what the state gives. And the state gives 51 cents of every tax dollar goes to public education. So that pathway into that building should be equivalent all across our state, recognizing our very rural rural communities majority of our 400 plus districts are 200 students or less they know these are our farming and our ranching communities they know what's happening inside these buildings the larger it seems that our school districts are and i have 10 of them that are very large and we're growing in more than 21 years i have more students in education that's public education those are our private schools as well as our homeschoolers there are more children that are learning now in our state in more than two decades. So the focus is on education, how we communicate as we are the fourth aged state in the nation. And our taxpayers are paying for the lights and the brick and mortar and that curriculum. My purpose is to shout out, let's get back to basics in this communication. Let's partner not have an adversarial. Let's remove that three-minute clock in that boardroom, and let's have a really authentic discussion on the future of education. We're going to come right back. By the way, all of our phone lines are open, so uh, the, the superintendent of public instruction is standing right here. So if you have a question about, about public education in Montana, she would love to hear from you at uh, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Or you can use the fabulous KGVO app. Hit that message us button. We'll be happy to pass that along to Elsie Arnson as well. We'll be right back after this. For over 100 years. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. Our guest in the studio is Elsie Arnson and our uh, colleague, uh, Dennis Bragg, who's right next door at KISS FM, uh, now, now works with us. And uh, he, I'll just read you his, his message. I'm sure you guys will ask about this, but I'd like to ask Elsie about the new report that Montana school enrollment is the highest in 20 years. You just mentioned that. See what she says about population growth, demographic shifts, but especially what she thinks we can do about it. We spent hundreds of 
millions. Uh, Missoula Kalispell Hamilton rebuilds schools over the past 10 years, and now we're still coming up short. And people can't afford more taxes. What is your idea of dealing with that? Well, great question. You know, it's not all about school finance, but I deliver about a billion dollars annually to our 400-plus school districts. And I license about 22,000 teachers. And the majority of these monies do go to people. But let's talk about the economy. You know, I have a degree in economics. That's a go Grizz. Okay, my education came from MSU. Okay, that's a go Cats. I know I know where I'm sitting right now. But I do recognize, and I think we all need to recognize, that it is that teacher and that teacher's salary. The average teacher's salary in Montana right now is a little bit over $50,000 for working nine months of the year. But I also have seen a growth of administration nationwide. 87% our administrators are growing in population. And it seems like more money might be stuck at that end. So here's my view. What, the, what, what, what is the, forgive me, what yep. does the average superintendent make? You know, I don't know that. I do know what well, I make. I, I will, I will tell you that we're about to hire a new superintendent. And from the story that I did, the salary could go anywhere from 120 to 144,000 dollars a year. That's a lot of money. That's double of what it is for a classroom teacher. Right. And I think all Montanans would agree that the money needs to go closest to where that student and where the learning is happening and that's in that classroom. So the other thing is, it's an investment in public education. Yes, brick and mortar with buildings, but there's never been more money in education than ever before. Congress gave, because of COVID relief, gave Montana's public school system $0.6 billion. And I have that until 2024 to be able to be used. And it is an investment. It's a water system. It could be a new roof. It could be anything that could engage a better environment for learning. It can also increase salaries. But the challenge is it's a cliff because that money goes away in 24. So our listening tour brings in policymakers. So they recognize the teachers in the room. They recognize the school trustees who, by grace of the Lord, they are not given a salary. They serve, our school trustees serve, and our constitutional uh, benefit with that. They serve local control in their own communities. So is is it a conundrum because of all more asking for monies and will our future of our state and with the growth of, of population of students, is that going to cost Montanans more? I think it's budgetary. Let's focus on what we need to focus on. I'm going to say again, I need math teachers. I need reading teachers. We need science teachers. And if we can invest in that, then Montana is going Montana's going to have a better future. Okay, let's uh, get right to the phone. Say hello to Skip. Uh, Skip, good morning. You're on Talkback with Elsie Arnson. Please go ahead, sir. Good, I, good morning, I skip. Peter. Good morning, sir. And uh, good morning, Elsie. And uh, that Dennis Bragg guy uh, over at KISS, I, I, we, we miss him being a reporter down here in the Bitterroot more often. Uh, and and um, Elsie, I... I, I know I'll be at that meeting this afternoon and in Stevensville. And I thought that uh, because I've seen you speak in public m- more than once, uh, I, I think it's wonderful uh, the spectrum of things that you cover. And uh, I, I was wondering if you'd tell us, and I believe you'll get more than 50 people this afternoon in Stevensville. Uh, uh, would you tell us how that meeting will go as far as uh, – Will you be speaking or will others also be speaking? And then will you have a Q&A 
so that we can ask formidable and respectful, by the way, whoever's listening, questions to Elfie, and and so that we can uh, do the best job in the future we can, especially with things that you've already brought up, such as, I'll call it, hardening our schools for safety so we don't, we don't learn the hard way that we wish we did, and then also things like curriculum, especially in our lower grades. Please tell me how that right. uh, meeting was after. Great. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thanks Skip, for the call. thank you, and blessings to you. I, I appreciate listening to your voice again. Um, excited about this. This is a listening tour. And I think government sometimes just doesn't listen. And in Montana, hopefully we can do it better. So we've got policymakers that are up the bitter. We've invited from anyone from Missoula County as well to come and share their views as they begin into this next legislative session. I mean, goodness, it's upon us. And the 68th legislative session I've deemed as a session for families. In other words, if if we can build families in Montana and they have those Montana values, then our students are protected. And not only protected, but they have a great future ahead of them. You had mentioned, before we get to our next call, that we have litter boxes in some of our schools. What? I, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I just had to bring that up. I know. It's just like, what? So, yeah, I'm, I'm old. You got to remember I'm an old guy. So, <laughs> so, and, and you know, it's interesting because, um, in public education right now, the focus is not so much on that math book or that, uh, those great sets of novels that we all remember listening and understanding or the history lessons that were shared with us. But what is happening now, it's become more of a social incubator and where things are brought into our public schools that do not reflect uh, the the mantra of what public education is. It's that math, reading, and science, and it's teaching children how to think. That's what public education should be. So what has happened, we have become uh, allowable in that social spectrum to have multiple things come into our schools that deviate us away from our 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 such purpose. As, such as what? Well, you know, we have the furries. We have all kinds of discussion about a gender. And in Montana, we only have two sexes. We only have a male and a female. Uh, we do not do sex education until sixth grade. And that is by the Board of Public Ed's rule. That is the same as a statute, as they are constitutional. So what is happening, these schools are listening more to things that are outside of our state than following the rules, the statutes, and the regulations. Uh, Senate Bill 99, which is now law that says that you need to have 48 hours before any kinds of sexual instruction is happening. Well, sometimes school districts, in when school doors open, they said, well, we're just going to blanket everybody with this and sexual education, sexual orientation, gender is going to be taught this school year. Well, that's not what the law said. So Montanans, we need to be lawful. We need to make sure that we... What can you do about that? Well, it's challenging because I'm the state superintendent. I'm a guide. I'm not one that has teeth in it, and nor would I even want that to happen. But the responsibility lies with our locally elected trustees. They have that constitutional authority. They are the ones that direct it. So one of the things that we're looking for this next session is to move that school board election to the general election. Rather than 5% of Montanans voting in on a very important election with a very large budget, to have them move to where we have 62% of 
the vote. And it would go through the Secretary of State's office and the county rather than having it being burdened onto our school clerks. We're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number. We have uh, Tyler and Joe who also want to visit with you. Our guest here in studio is Elsie Arnson. She's our superintendent of public instruction. We'll be right back. At Missoula Car and Truck. Today, more than 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's. And more than 11 million family members and friends serve as their caregivers. While researchers are working tirelessly to end Alzheimer's and all other dementia, the number of people living with Alzheimer's is expected to more than double by 2050. The toll of the disease is monumental, and its devastation affects family, friends, and especially caregivers. No one should face Alzheimer's and dementia by themselves. If you or someone you know is struggling to provide care to a loved one, please share this message. You are not alone. Free help and resources are available 24-7. To talk with an expert and obtain disease-related information, care and support services, call 800-272-3900 or visit the Alzheimer's Association website at alz.org. You are not alone. And we are back on Talkback. Elsie Arnson, our superintendent of public instruction, joining us here in the studio. She is here in western Montana specifically because this afternoon from 4.30 until 6, she's going to be out in Stevensville uh, to, at the Stevensville Elementary School. Uh, she'll be there with uh, with parents, school leaders, and legislators talking about preparation for Montana's 68th legislative session. So that's very important. It is really important. And more importantly, it's a listening session. And I think it's beneficial, not just to myself at the state level, uh, because our schools aren't in Helena. Our schools aren't at the Capitol. Our schools are dispersed all over our state. And the same with our legislators. We want to make sure that they recognize. And, you know, with 150, 30 churn because of, of, of you know, term limits. So it's really important for them to be engaged and to listen. And, yes, if they want to speak, of course. But more importantly, let's listen to parents. Let's listen to school officials. I hope I'm going to have some school administrators and school principals there as well because we want to respect that entire conversation. All right, let's uh, get to the phones. And Tyler's been waiting the longest. Tyler, good morning. You're on with Elsie Arnson. Go ahead, sir. Hi, how's it going? I had a question on our school systems. Is there ever going to be where we start a curriculum where it is teaching these kids how to balance a checkbook, how to invest in the stock market, how to invest in their retirement, and how to set up all these programs? Because not every kid's going to go to college, but it seems like they would be benefiting majorly in high school if they were actually learning how to do all this stuff uh, when they when they graduate that is a brilliant question it's great it's great and tyler thank you you are spot on a plus for the day (laughs) what we're doing is the board of public ed there are several members that are appointed by the governor and they have their own rules because they are a constitutional body they are unwrapping their rules and by january there will be a vote that it will be a graduation requirement that financial literacy and economics is part of that graduation diploma. Right. That's a big, wonderful thing. We also have Representative Braxton Mitchell, who's out of this neck of the woods up in near Whitefish and Kalispell, who's carrying a bill to help codify that, which means then not to uh, impinge or 
overreach into the the constitutional duties of the Board of Public Ed, but just to ensure that the guidance of what financial literacy means. We want Montana's future to be bright, and it's not all about the money. I don't want to ever speak about that, but it is about a pathway of individualizing and becoming that entrepreneur, bootstrapping, maybe having your own small business, and being able to understand what that checkbook and value of dollar means. The, 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 nice, the nice thing about your checkbook, it doesn't have an R or a D in it. it, it is, it's just money, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't know what to do with our money, we are going to have a hard time in life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm going to shout out, you know, to my background. You know, it is about choice in the market, and that's what economics is about, but it's also that future view. If we can help young families and young students understand what these things mean, then, you know, we're going to be weathering regardless of whatever the feds decide or whatever happens. And our economy is diversifying. So this is a great opportunity right now to focus on our graduation requirement. It, it doesn't mean more. We've done it very flexible. So we're excited. Great question. We're on it. All right. Let's get Joe on the line. Joe, good morning. You are on with Elsie Arntzen, our superintendent of public instruction. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. I was listening to Newsmax last night, and there was a, a study which they were reporting on, which talks about the university systems across the country. And, of course, they're public as well, and all the taxpayers pay for it, but they don't know what's going on there either. So, uh, basically, the, the result of the study was that uh, Democrats, I don't quote me on it, because the, but the statistics are that you know, 80% of the administrators who choose the uh, professors who teach at the university system who will, will become our next teachers, et cetera, uh, are Democrats. So we've seen what's happened with uh, Twitter and, you know, the uh, elimination of conservative viewpoints. But here we are, all taxpayers who pay for the, the grade schools and the university system, and we have no say in... So anyway, um, I just thought I'd mention that because I think that's that ties into what you were just talking about. Because if you want to have teachers who are going to teach math and science and not get into the social engineering, then we have to um, do a better job at the university level. All right. So, uh, tell you what, uh, I, I want to have you. you address that when we come back from the break. Thank you for your call. Uh, stay with us. Elsie uh, has very kindly consented to stay with us till the top of the hour. So uh, don't worry if, if she's going to she's not going to run out of here. She is here to answer your questions all the way till 10 o'clock. And then, of course, this afternoon over in Stevensville from 430 until 6. So we'll be right back after this. Chris Jackamick, I served in the United States Air Force and I've deployed three times. So in 2017, I was serving as an Air Force First Sergeant. Our motto in that role is my job is people, everyone is my business. But unfortunately in that year, I would lose my own brother, Lance Corporal Adam Jackamick, to suicide. The majority of veteran suicides are from guns. I store my weapons securely, not only for myself, but for my family. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. My service never stops. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Okay, joining us uh, here in the studio this morning is Elsie Arnson. She is the superintendent of public instruction. Just got some questions about about how you're going to try to uh, go higher to the university level and then work down from there. So. Exactly. So I license them, um, and they are given to me by the university system. But I also know that I need to reach outside of Montana because. What I have is I have a workforce that is aging. 
And as a result, I have, you know, that I have multiple resignations and retirements because we are the fourth age state in the nation. And it's because of the pandemic, it, the great resignation happened in our public school system. I have 10 teacher prep programs and we work diligently with these council of deans that uh, create our teachers. But I'm going to come back to our locally elected trustees, and that's why this is so important, because they are the ones that hire the teachers. They also set the curriculum. I set the standards. And if curriculum is being taught that does not mirror the community values, that does not mirror our state standards, then it shouldn't be taught. And to me, that's gross neglect of duty. So in other words, we need to make sure that our principals are in those classrooms, that the superintendents recognize not just a lesson plan on a book, but how it's being implemented. Because regardless of where the education is coming from, out of state or in state from our university system, it is still up to the local trustees to recognize that discourse with a student and a teacher. If a parent comes home, uh, I'm sorry, if a child comes home with uh, an assignment or a paper and they show it to their mom and dad and it's it's all this or gender dysphoria or whatever, and, and and maybe they're in the third and fourth and fifth grade, and and they feel it's it's way too young. What what uh, uh, power does the parent have to to protest that? Is especially in a public school setting. Well, before we even get to that type of a discourse, okay. let's start about a relationship. So you know, I need parents to show up, and I heard this from trustees yesterday. They don't want uh, parents just to show up when there's a budget meeting. They want parents to show up all the time. And I firmly believe that if we can open our doors, of course, security wise, let's be, let's be safe, but open our doors to parents to recognize what is being taught, then believing in that classroom and that modality of education will happen. And then think about it. Parents and kids are going to get together, and teachers, it's going to be a great place for public education. All right, let's get Julie on the line. Uh, we have lots of folks waiting to talk with you. Julie, you're on with Elsie Arntzen. Go ahead, ma'am. Oh, good morning. It's an interesting conversation. Thank you. Um, one of my questions is, who funds the teachers' pensions? Is it by the state or by the district? And then are they fully funded? Because in a lot of states, they are not. Very, very good question. That is Thank a you, great question. Just as I talked about with retirements and our population in our workforce aging, um, it's by it's by all, and I'm going to add the county into it as well, because county retirement um, also funds uh, public education. So if you're a county that's growing, you're going to have more of your taxes are going to share about when that teacher retires. Um, the state um, also uh, chips into this. There is a, a teacher's retirement board uh, that uh, functions just as anything when it comes to uh, allowing those dollars that flow in, uh, they get banked nationally and then they come back with any kind of amendment to feed that fund. But um, you're, you're spot on. We have to look at the entire spectrum of a teacher that comes into our state or comes out of our uh, teaching prep programs that we have in our state all the way through the lifespan. And the other thing that I'm going to add to this is, you know, if teachers are thinking about being administrators 
or principals or superintendent, go for it. Because right now, I do need teacher leaders. And I need those teacher leaders not just in that classroom leading that math lesson, but I need them leading that cohort of math teachers as well as leading, you know, uh, the dialogue between parents in schools right now. We need to make sure that we have the best leader. You know, I'm a a pro-military gal. I need to make sure that we also have uh, students that recognize military is a great career. One in 10 Montanans served or is currently serving. And it's a shout out to our heritage. We are historically warriors. And to make sure then that I have the best leader in that warrior cadre is the same thing in that classroom. I need to make sure that those principals and superintendent are the best leaders as we embark on education. Okay, let's move on. I believe next is Mary. Good morning, Mary. You're on with Elsie Arnson. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I'm much older than you are. Uh, I served for people who work for the ACE, American Council on Education, the Educational Testing Service College Board, and a whole bunch of acronyms back in the 1980s when a lot of changes on policy were being made through those agencies. So my question to Elsie is, um, I'm not always in favor of all those changes, but how influential is that to our state educators and how do you educate parents and school board members to either stand up or understand what's going on with all these national boards that are influencing how teachers are taught mary thank you and and mary i think you know you might be a little bit younger than peter here (laughs) i'll just say that with a smile but mary thank you thanks (laughs) what i what i do want to say though is you're full of knowledge because those national associations uh everybody right now is reaching to them i stood back at the national school boards association uh a week after it was stated that parents were um domestic terrorists and I uh, was there kindly protesting with other moms and school officials from across our great nation because those associations get so tied down into the politics. And think about it, Mary. Our children don't have an R on their backpack or a D on their backpack. They are our great kids. And we need to make sure that our public education system doesn't reflect all that stuff that happens in that swamp or is muck and mired nationally. We're Montanans. We're resilient. We're independent. And we need those thinkers in our classrooms and in our hallways. That's why the shout out just before with the previous caller was let's make sure that we have the best school leaders. And that starts with our trustees. We're here to help, but it's not about government. I need community members to shout out what they would like to see in their community public schools. Okay, with that, we're going to take a break. We have Sue and Jeff and Tyler and Nick's on the phone with somebody else. So this is a great topic, and we really appreciate Elsie stopping by. Thank you. Elsie Arnson, our superintendent of public instruction, will be back with more right after this. Authentic New York. Okay, we're back on Talk Back, and it's been a great, uh, great hour so far, and the phone lines are jammed. We'll try to get as many calls in as we can with our superintendent of public construction, Elsie Arnson. Sue's next. Sue, thank you for holding through the break, ma'am. Go ahead. Hey there. Yeah, I, um, I don't want the, um, superintendent of public construction to reinvent the wheel on, on financial education. All she has to do is contact Jody Sandrew in Twin Bridges. She's been, doing this for several years and i think she's the one who even um instigated 
getting making sure that it was a it was an absolute credit that students um, have to get because it's so important. And the other thing is, I t- called in a few weeks ago or last week about the whole sex ed issue and how it's kind of blown up because sometimes there are there are intimate things written in books like in history classes and literature classes and it sounds like the law that was passed in the last legislative session has caused some problems for educators so I just wanted you to speak to that. Okay, thanks, Sue. Appreciate the call. Sue, thank you. And, you know, our my entire philosophy is in working with government to make sure that government works with rather than doing things to Montanans. So we brought a steering committee together, and Twin Bridges was at the table. And more importantly, the flexibility of what we are currently doing is going to allow, you know, the great work to move forward. And school districts right now by the Board of Public Ed Education rules, which are similar to statutes, and they're not guides, they're statutes, so they have to have 20 graduation credits. I'm so proud because not a lot of our districts, but majority of our rural districts already implement uh, financial literacy and economics, and they do it above the 20. So it's that Montana value. Rather than doing just 100%, a lot of our school districts in our very rural communities like Twin Bridges go 110%. And isn't that Montana? So that's where we need to be. The other aspect about uh, what happened with the 48-hour the notification, it just seems to be common sense. If you know what's being taught and if it's a syllabus, whether it is a syllabus in high school or something in middle school or a path that's in elementary. You know, if you recognize what should be taught, which is those state standards, and then curriculum is there, it doesn't happen within a 48-hour. I know you have to be nimble as a teacher. I want to respect that in the classroom because you never know how that student's going to enter into that classroom. And teachers have a lot of responsibility onto their plate to recognize and really see that student. But when it comes to uh, discussions of sexual education, anything dealing with sexual orientation or gender that are not in our state standards, that's when that community responsibility kicks in. And I believe that was the intent of the legislature to have that discussion at the school level. You know, 48 hours isn't a lot, but let's have a bigger discussion. What do we want our kids to learn in elementary? What should be the path that scaffolds to middle school? And we want our children to be healthy. And, you know, I want to talk about mental health a little bit as well. But I also want to shout out our teachers are not clinicians. You know, when I taught for 23 years, yes, I saw the whole child. And we need to recognize where the student comes from. But we also have to understand that a teacher is not trained in these these moments and these aptitudes. And there's risk. There's risk, of course, to the teacher, but more importantly to the to the student as well. We want to embrace that student where they're at, but we want to definitely recognize that it is not the role of a teacher to heal in the mental health. We can support, we can embrace, but it is not the role of a teacher. All right, let's uh, get another call in. This is Jeff. Jeff, good morning. You're on Talk Back with Elsie Arnson. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning, Elsie. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, before I get to my question, have you made it up here to Lake County yet? Well, Jeff, I drove through it this morning. You know, it was it was dark with a little bit of uh, fog and mist and everything else. But uh, be more than happy to come up to Lake. 
it's a it's a it's God's country. Let's just put it that way. So invite me. I'll come. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll talk to our board. You were talking earlier about um, how it seems like the smaller school districts, rural districts, seem to have better um, parental involvement than the larger districts. And it seems to me you can kind of draw a line that that go that or distinguishes between the participation in that the larger you get, the smaller the number of parents who actually get involved. And is there any, is, is the, the current districting, does that occur by statute or is there a way that maybe you could take, like say, I'm just gonna use as an example, Missoula County that has Missoula County public schools, three high schools, middle schools, grade schools, elementary. Um, is there any way to, I don't want to say break it up, but divide it down so that you have like a high school with feeder schools and have a, a separate set of representation for that so that maybe as you get the uh, districts down to a smaller size, that you would get more parental involvement. I might be smoking something um, <laughs> to think that way, but... Uh, but I, I, it's, it just struck me as maybe an option for uh, for increasing parental involvement. Right. Uh, um, good question. Thanks, it's Jeff. Fabulous question. And not only that, but it wouldn't be that difficult to implement. And if policymakers are listening to this, what a great idea. It doesn't mean that more is going to have to happen with the state budget. It just means that it would be distributed differently. And, you know, the average enrollment um, that I have right now with a teacher is 14 across our state. But I know when I taught in Billings Public School in a high growth uh, time, I had 33 students in fifth grade. And that was a tremendous amount to try to personalize that learning and really look at that student when they came in for their strengths. But you're on to something here. We do have a moratorium on expanding districts. And I know when I was a legislator, we worked for six years to add from a K-8 world, a K-12. And uh, I see our growth right now is in those districts. That was East Helena, as well as it was in uh, Lockwood in Billings across from the Elstone River. So there are multiple ways to do this. You are definitely on to something. It doesn't mean that smaller is better. It just means that we recognize what's exactly. And we recognize what's happening within that classroom. We're going to come. We're, we're going to take a break and right back uh, to our final break. We have Emmett, Ed and Tyler and a cast of thousands who all want to visit with Elsie Arnson. We're going to come right back uh, right after this 60 second timeout. Okay, we're back on Talk Back, and uh, only about eight minutes left, and we have a whole bunch of folks who want to talk with Elsie Arntzen. Emmett is first. Emmett, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Thanks. Well, a couple of things. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, representing our curriculum should represent Montana values and Montana standards, that kind of thing. Well, I know we're a liberal city somewhat, but really all this um, a, a cultural type of a thing doesn't represent Montana values. I mean, the social engineering you know, mo- I mean, the whole homosexuality thing, the gender thing, the whole sex ed thing, you know, the whole political correctness, you know, being PC, liberal, that kind of thing. That, you know, Montanans are pretty conservative. We love God. We love country. We love conservative Christian values. So don't you think that the curriculum should be completely different? When I lived in Lewiston in the early 80s, it did represent Lewiston values and Idaho values at the time. It was conservative. 
My other question, and this is a big one I was thinking, you know, we've had so much problem with bullying in schools, and it sometimes gets overlooked with all the cultural issues. Um, um, are there anti-bullying uh, programs in the schools to just prevent bullying? And I tell you what, Emmett, em, I was bullied myself. Emmett, we have so little time and so many callers. Right. I'm going to let her answer the questions you've already asked. Thank you. Emmett, good morning. Good to hear your voice. Um, yes, there are not only national ones, but we allow that local curriculum to be uh, brought in at that local level on bullying. It could be bullying because you're a ranch kid and someone isn't. It could be bullying because, you know, your um, your dad is this and your mother isn't. could be anything. It's been around forever. The most important thing that we're talking about is making sure that kids aren't segregated out because of that, that they don't get different type of treatment. Our Constitution is about equality. It's not about equity. It's about equality. And Emmett, again, good to hear your voice. And I really appreciate your focus. That Let's get back to the basics of who we are in Montana and let's shout that out. Okay. Ed's up next. Ed, good morning. You're on Talk Back with Elsie. Go ahead. Hello, Ed. Elsie. Good morning, Elsie. Ed. I'm a retired military, so I appreciated what your comments were. I spent nearly three decades thinking the unthinkable. And I want to discuss school safety. Uh, very quickly, uh, I'm in the Bitterroot, and for six months, some of us have tried to generate interest in, in uh, protecting the schools from uh, assault. As you know, I don't need to discuss that. But we run, we've made no progress in six months. We found out that the county apparently has no authority. The school board has all of the authority. And uh, the sheriff, I guess, has to plead to be heard to if see if there's any standard that they might meet in safety. I wonder if you'd comment on the access of someone in law enforcement to the schools to uh, require some form of safety preparation, which is, to my knowledge, almost non-existent in this valley. It's a very good question. It thank you for calling. It is a great question. And, it's and one, thanks for your service, yes, by the and way. And thank you very much. It weighs heavy on my heart because we need to make sure that Montana doesn't make those papers. We need to make sure that our, our children have a life ahead of them. And more importantly, though, I do know that statutorily, schools are supposed to have a school safety plan. And it's supposed to be up on their website or at least uh, very, how do I want to say, very bold um, as, a, as a parent might want to see. They also have to have an interlocal agreement with law enforcement. I mean, think about our great, great grand state. There is two and a half hours sometimes between a first responder and if there was ever kind of a, a tragedy in our school for whatever reason. We need to make sure that that relationship, and I'll say relationship with a capital R, has to happen between law enforcement and our public schools. We cannot shut them out. You know, there used to be the D.A.R.E. program. There used to be all that about, you know, what you want uh, that law enforcement to look like. I have 51 school resource officers across our state. I have 828 schools. So I have a deficit of law enforcement, whether they're highway patrol, whether they are anyone, National Guard even, to come into our state or into our public school system. And it's exceedingly important that we honor that service by recognizing them, not just in elementary, not in a career setting, you know, once a, once a, a year that happens, but every time to keep our children safe. Keep at it. 
The most important thing is we don't want to look back and say we should have because the promise is to our students is what their future is going to be. Let's try to get at least one more call in. This is, uh, is this uh, same Jeff? Okay, Jeff, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. Hi, I'll say just a quick question. Um, in my experience working with politicians in Montana now for the last 20 years, you've come up as probably the most, uh, the, the least amount to your talk. And I want to circle back. Um, you mentioned to about the 48-hour notice of having this conversation open with parents, but then teaching the state standards. It's, it goes both ways. So, like, could you have a little bit, so you'd have this conversation with families or are you teaching the state standard? There's just, your, your policies are all over the map. So could you kind of refine that a little bit more with some substance? Thanks. Okay, and we have about two and a half minutes for you Excellent. to do that. Excellent. Well, Jeff, thank you. Um, you know, I don't necessarily look at myself as a politician. I'm just honored to be able to be serving. And teachers are also government servants. And I recognize that as my service of 23 years in Billings Public Schools. And I firmly believe in that service. So it is an information flow. But the other aspect of this is it is local control. And our trustees are the ones that develop the curriculum or purchase the curriculum that is going to be then taught to our students. And it is their responsibility then to have that conversation with teachers, school administrators, as well as with parents. So my purpose right now is to ensure that there is a conversation and a dialogue to separate out what the state has to do, but more importantly, share that it is local servants, teachers, as well as school trustees that deliver that education. I'm not shirking my duty by any means. That's why I'm on the radio. That's why we're doing this tour. That's why, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. Let's bring parents into this discussion. Real, it's about our children. Real quickly, you're, you're going to Stevensville. Tell us when and where. And, oh, exciting. Yeah. 4.30 today, we'll be at the elementary school there in Stevensville. And this is a listening discussion. I've got policymakers there. We've got a couple weeks away before the 68th legislative session. We would like school administrators, uh, school principals, anyone from Missoula County, Ravalli County, parents, everyone to come. And we want to listen. It's about our children. We're out of time, Elsie. Thank you for sharing this hour with us. We Blessings it. to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And we'll see you uh, tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. Have a great day. We have another minute. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> Poor Nick. No, no, no. We have another minute. Okay. Well, um, all right. So tell us what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous program there, Mr. Nick. Uh, we're going to have the Montana World Affairs Council with Bob Seidenschwartz, and he has a special guest. All right. Good deal. All right. Now I get to fill for uh, 30 seconds or so. <laughs> well, again, I can tell you, uh, for those that didn't hear, our, we're not going to have talk back on Friday because Peter and I are off. And then starting on the 20th, we will not have talk back the rest of the year. So for those that missed that announcement, so you're not surprised, there you have it. So. Yes. And uh, don't worry. We will be back on January 3rd. 3rd. That Tuesday. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> don't say that. I'm going to get so many calls now. <laughs> no, just kidding. You get out there, enjoy this beautiful day, and be safe. Drive safely. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock for Montana Morning. Take care.